The views and opinions expressed on the Untold History Revealed podcast are solely those of the individual stating them and are not necessarily those of the Untold History Revealed owners. Sit back and grab a cup of coffee or tea as we discuss some moments in history that may have been untold or forgotten. Another episode of Untold History Revealed starts now. Well, hi, everybody. This is uh, Sean Donnelly, uh, your host for Untold History Revealed. And I'm Mary Ann Donnelly, your co-host. Uh, tonight, we're going to try to lighten things up a little bit. Our last podcast, we were talking about a unsolved murder case. Our first podcast, we were talking about Lincoln's funeral and, and those who were shot and killed in Kent. Kent. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to lighten things up a little bit here. Uh, we were talking about it, and I'm like, we're still walking on the dark side here a little <laughs> bit. Uh, try to hit some of our history buffs out there that might not be into the the, the darker things. Okay. So uh, tonight what we're going to do is we're just going to go over some uh, tidbits, tidbits, I guess. Tidbits. I like tidbits. A little potpourri of history, so to speak. Okay. Um got some things to talk about and we'll just go through until we run out of time all right sounds good so uh in case you haven't heard our podcast before um marianne and i are owners of dark shadow ghost stores and panicd.com so we do a lot of research for our social media and and uh the radio show that we're on and our own show that we put on on youtube for dark shadows and a lot of stuff kind of doesn't make it to the paranormal so to speak and uh, we collect a lot of history and little things here and there and we have volumes of stuff so we decided just as a hobby that we'd start this this podcast and so far I'm having fun I'm gonna keep on going until I don't have fun Uh, I don't know about (laughs) you are you having fun with it sure sure okay all right well let's uh let's hit the first one let's see I don't know if you've heard of all these I but, don't know uh, if I've heard of all these either. I guess we could argue them back and forth. All right, let's try. All right, so let's go off to our first one. Have you ever heard of the origin of an arm and a leg? It's going to cost you an arm and leg. You know where that's from? Uh, I, I'm not incredibly sure, but I, I have heard uh, a couple of things. But um, most of the time, we just talk about things being very expensive. Mm-hmm. But uh, why don't you go ahead and tell them where that really comes from? All right. Well, here's where it came from. Back during the time of George Washington, mm-hmm. actually, of course, there was no photography back then. And you had portraits made. Yes. Everybody who was important mm-hmm. had, a, had a portrait or two. That's right. Some people, even more. Depends right. on how important you were. So they didn't charge by the number of people that were in the portrait. What they charged was how many arms and legs were in the the portrait because supposedly those are the hardest things to paint the details on the hands and the arms and the legs so like a lot of times you would see a portrait especially of george washington he might be standing behind a desk or it's just like from the waist up or things like, you know a lot of those portraits are like from the waist up mm-hmm. you don't see their arms and their legs right and people standing so the more arms and legs in the portrait the more it costs so it costs you an arm and leg very very interesting I and I do you think I or are you do. Just saying that for no, I no, I think that's actually quite interesting because to me, legs not real difficult. Most of the time they're in shoes, no big deal. Hands, okay, I can see that. But I, you would think, you know, with as many busts that they made and as many portraits as they did that were literally just well, the head and the shoulders, leg, not a boob in the. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is, you know. You would think that they would charge by the number of heads, not necessarily the number of <coughs> arms and legs. Because, uh, to me, drawing a face is way harder than drawing hands. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess if you're going to get real detailed in the hand, it might be you know take you a little more time. But you're trying to find the likeness of that person, so it, it it's interesting to me that that's how they decided to charge for those. Yeah, well, it is. That's- supposedly where it came from and i found it on the internet so it's got to be true (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah of course it does 
All right, how about the origin of the word gossip? Now, I didn't know that that's where the word came from, but when you had mentioned it to me a couple of days ago, you had said something about this. Mm -hmm. Interesting that you decided to put it in the podcast. But um, you had mentioned something about it, and I'd heard that they had done the things that you're going to say, but I didn't know that that's where the word itself, gossip, came from. Okay. Well, let me explain. Yeah. And this is kind of fitting because we're still we're we're in the heat of the political battle for we president are. right now. We are, which I'm getting totally sick of. I wish I would, you know. I'd I can't wait till it's the, over. I'd rather be watching a white bronco. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you're on the white bronco. Do you know that I'm a school teacher? For those of you who don't know that, um, but by day I'm a school teacher, and and my students don't know who O.J. Simpson is. See, and that's another reason why we're doing this podcast. I mean, we're starting way back, and you know we could go further back, but you know you're you're right. I ask some of your kids too. Do you know who this is? You know what this is? They have no clue. They have no idea. They have no clue. Really, you don't know who O.J. Simpson is? God, we're old. I know, but to to us, like that was a big thing. <coughs> you know, we lived through that. Ten, fifteen years, amazing. they're not going to know who Michael Jackson is or or Prince or uh, really. Well, they they probably they'll probably know who Michael Jackson is. I don't know, but I don't think they will know Prince. I don't know. Anyway, so let's know. get back on topic here. Okay, the word gossip. All right, gossip. He'll look at us gossiping as we we go. (laughs) Okay, so back in the day, political campaigns Mm -hmm. need to know, they needed to know how their candidate was doing. You know, they needed to know, like in a community, what the... What the buzzwords were, what, you know, not the buzzwords, what what the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What everybody was saying. Yeah, what the the concerns or the... Of the citizens, the problems that they were having. Exactly. What they wanted to see happen. Right. So where did most people meet? In taverns. Yes, they did. The community taverns or whatever. So what they did was they hired people to go to the taverns to go sip, not drink, heavily... (laughs) <laughs> go sip some ale and kind of sit there and listen to what the townspeople were saying. So it got to the point where they would hire different people and they would say, you go sip over here, you go sip over here, you go sip over at this tavern. And then over time, it come together to the word gossip. gossip. Gotcha. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I think so, too. I mean, because I had heard that they had done that. I mean, if you think about it, there's... They didn't have any other ways to get information from what what are the no, normal people thinking? What does all the regular everyday Joe uh, have yeah. on their mind? So they would they, they would they would hire these little the guys and they'd go sit in the taverns and listen to them, and then they'd go back and tell them what they found out. So gossip they go they sip they come back and they tell everybody what they heard hopefully well, what do we do today? We uh, gossip we uh, tell everybody what we heard. Yeah, can you imagine that for a job? That would be an interesting Hopefully job. they didn't sip too much. Yeah. <laughs> Those kind of get things all confused and yeah. confuzzled. <laughs> okay, uh, so here's another one. Did you know that in the 1920s, a big fad that was hitting the nation was putt-putt? Okay. Okay, so what happened in the 20s? This was around Prohibition. And Roaring 20s. Stuff. And we also had our friends, the gangsters. Ooh, the okay? gangsters. Yeah. One particular gangster that's very well known was Al Capone. Oh, yeah. He's one of the big yes. ones. He's one of the big names. Al Capone was a very avid golfer, and he actually got into putt-putt golf. Can you imagine Al yeah. Capone out there, a little out there putting, putting. putting that little ball into the clown face? So <laughs> he liked it, it so much that he was thinking that he was going to sink money. I mean, we're talking... In 1920s, it hit, and by 1930, there were over 40,000 miniature golf courses across the nation. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. So, he was thinking about sinking money into the construction of putt-putt courses. That's what his plans were. And, of course, we know he got arrested and... Oops. Eventually... Died. Died. But, uh, Yeah. Al Capone was a big time putt putt player. I wonder what color ball he used. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> I 
Well, to be honest, I mean, <clears throat> I wonder if they even had different colored balls back then for. I don't know. I don't. That's something we're gonna have to look. We could up. do a whole show on putt We putt. could. Oh, but that yeah, was all I mean, in the subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, can I just can't imagine like the guy going out making a hit, saying, "You know what? Time to go golfing." Oh wait, it's kind of late. Don't have time to do a whole, uh, a whole, you know. Yeah. Whole eighteen whole golf course. So let's just go do a little putt putt. We'll just do some miniature golf. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, take their Tommy gun, stick it on their back, cut a little if, thing. Like they messed up, missed the shot. Ooh. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be around them. Actually, I'd run him to win. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, oops, I missed the hole again. That was a two, right, Al? <laughs> I don't know. I saw nothing. <laughs> All right, oh. so let's move on. Have you ever heard of the term cold enough to freeze the balls off of a brass monkey? I have not heard that <laughs> at all. I have heard that it's cold outside. <coughs> I've heard other and then, phrases. And it, I've heard other phrases too, but I have uh, never heard the freezing balls off a brass monkey before. Who's the brass monkey? All right, so let me explain this, all right? Okay. All right, back in the heyday of sailing, even merchant ships used to carry cannons for protection. Makes sense. Okay. Well, the cannonballs were quite heavy. Yes. And they were made of iron. Yeah. Right? Um, they're, I mean, even on the just the mock ones today, yeah. I mean, can you? Yeah. So, yeah. and they would stack the cannonballs next to the cannons because they were so heavy. So, like, if something was happening, you know, hey, go get me some cannonballs. And then, like, they're gonna, you know, see what I'm getting at? Yeah. All right. So, since they were made of iron and the ships were out on sea or on salt water, they couldn't like stack them onto a plate that was made of iron you know to keep them from rolling around so they they stacked them on a brass plate Mm. okay Okay. and that brass plate was called the brass monkey (laughs) okay okay yeah now here's the thing when it's freezing cold out really cold Mm -hmm. brass shrinks okay hence the phrase it is cold enough outside to freeze the balls off of a brass monkey. Because when the brass would shrink, the balls would, the iron balls would pop up off of that plate. And kind of start rolling around. Start rolling around the ship. Yeah, you know, ice is one of the only things that will expand when it freezes. So water, when it turns to ice, it actually expands and gets more volume. Mm-hmm. Most other things will, uh, I shrink. think, yeah. I've never all, heard that phrase before. But ever. I, I'd not heard that phrase at all. That brass. Monkey I've heard of brass thing. monkey. I think it's a song by um, Brass Monkey. That's uh, uh, Beastie Boys. I think, but mm. I haven't heard "cold enough" to freeze the balls off of a brass monkey. I'm gonna have to use that <laughs> my vernacular from now on. Yeah. So next year, when it gets to be real cold, it's cold enough to freeze the balls off of a brass monkey. Is that when they you need to call and say, "Hey, I think we need to." You have a cold day. Yeah, I think it's a snow day. Hey, boss. <laughs> it's cold enough to freeze the balls yeah. off of a brass monkey today. Can I'm sure have... you appreciate that. Maybe he'll yeah. send it out in the center voice. Maybe. We're staying home today, kids, because it's cold enough to freeze the balls off of a brass monkey. <laughs> yeah, uh, parents would love that. Do, do you know what the actual temperature is for that? I'm just curious. No, I don't. I, that would... That's interesting. I, I'm gonna, These are tidbits. No, another thing. Another thing. I'm gonna have to look up today just to try to find out. So I'm giving you homework. You're giving me homework because I'm getting quite excited. I'm like, ooh, I want to <sighs> know that. Ooh, I want to know that. We lead such sad lives. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this one we were talking about too. So this is gonna lead to a debate here, folks. Um. P's and Q's. Mind your P's and Q's. Gotta behave. Okay. So, now the one I found that I posted out on our blog site, which, by the way, is... You want to give them our blog address? You don't. You no, want me to do it. I want you to do it. All right. you it do is, it so well. It is untoldhistoryrevealed.blogspot.com. That's where we're posting this stuff out there. And, and, you know, just drop by, leave a comment. You can send us an email, whatever. 
if we're wrong about this stuff, like I said, I found it on the internet, so it has to be true. Or maybe like this one. <laughs> or in a one. book, so it has to be true. Or maybe like this one, there's multiple. True. If multiple you find this reasons. other stuff, and yeah, if you start help posting to here, which I gave you access, maybe we could have other posts, but that's another talk and another time. Um, anyways, the one <laughs> that I found. It's the end of a school year. Okay, it's the end of a school year, so maybe you'll catch up to me. <laughs> maybe in the summer I'll catch up. All right, so this one said that the origin of P's and Q's comes from when barmaids back in the day, you know, back in the day, we're talking 1600s, 1700s, whatever, people used to drink their ale out of either a pint or a quart. And it was the job of the barmaid to keep track who was drinking out of a pint or drinking out of a quart. So P's they had to Q's. mine their P's and Q's. But you know of some other potential origins. Uh, yeah, there's actually several other origins. And uh, I know that one of them had something to do with... Please and thank yous? Wasn't that one? Yes. Um, but there's one that I, I, I couldn't... I, I don't remember what it was. I read the article several years ago. But it was something in another language that was started with a P, started with a Q. And that's kind of why they kind of mention it. But I, I don't, I can't remember what that one was at all. So but you there didn't is... come to the part of the podcast armed with ammunition to have this debate. That's what you're saying? That's correct. So I potentially won this one. No, you'll never win. Well, let's call it a tie because okay. I know you did find the, the yeah, there's, thank you, yeah, there's, please and thank you. Pl- yes. So another one in addition to the one that I can't remember, uh, is the please and thank yous. And, of course, thank yous, cues, please, pee. So minding your pleases, please may I have this, thank you for getting this. You know, So minding your pees and cues came from please and thank you. That's another one. There's another that has to do with typesetting. Oh, yes. Yes, where, you know, back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. We keep saying that today. But back in the day, they had um, to set all of the letters in for everything they pressed on the printing presses. And, of You know, now that's the second time today that you've said that. And I remember reading something about that, about the typeset. No, about the P's and the Q's. Mm. You'd have to watch because they look similar. Yeah, the shapes of them were were yeah. pretty much similar. And when when they would put the typeset in, of course they had to put them backwards. Yes. So it was in reverse. And it was hard. And to... so it was really it messed with people's oh, minds. Oh man, can you imagine if you were dyslexic? Holy oh, cow. that would be that would be a terrible job. I don't think that you would make it for very long if you were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were hired for that and you were dyslexic. Yeah. That was one job I think that well, back it then they work. didn't even know what dyslexia was. They True. probably just called you stupid. Yeah, they're probably like, yeah, you're too dumb to do this job. Go go collect wheat in the field or something. You know, but uh, so that's another one of those things was the idea for typesetting you you had to pay attention to the p's and the q's when you're doing typesetting although they probably could have said the same thing with b and d because yes. you know b's and d's whew, that would be a problem too i think especially when you're putting them backwards yeah so yeah that would kind of suck yeah. especially if you like didn't watch and you ran you know yeah. 500 newspapers. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Now, there is another one that they t- do talk about as well, but I don't quite understand this one. Um, there's another one. Um, the P's were for the pea coats that the sailors would wear, and the Q's were like, you know, when you have something in, in the print queue. The, I, the Q-U-E-U-E. Yes. Q. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't even know how I used to pronounce that, but back in the day. It wasn't correct. <laughs> yeah, but back in the day, about 10 years ago, when you corrected me, when I'm like, you know, the QQ, and you're like, what? Uh, but <laughs> you? I forget what you called I don't know. It. I used to call Q-U. it something funny, like, and you, you made Q? fun of me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, that actually stood for a wig. And so they said to mind your P's and Q's because you had to mind your coat and your wig. And I don't understand that one. But Why don't you write that down to look it up? <laughs> you're so funny today. Hey, you're the one I'm that's going to be you. off for two more months than me. So, you know. Well, about a month. 
Whatever. About a month because oh. I, I am going to be working some other uh, things. Okay. You know, so. uh, but, yeah, so there's, a, there's more than just that one for the P's and Q's. There seem to be actually quite a few. Okay. Let's do a couple more before we take a break here. Our, okay. All right. Okay. So who won the debate? Um, I had a lot. I of, don't know. I had a lot of. If P's anybody's and Q's. listening out there, go and com. You know, leave us a comment or <laughs> send us a message. Who won that? What do you think? P's and Q's. So yes. I, I'm going with the pints and quarts. I'm going with the typesetting. Okay. Well. But the, we want to hear but from But I do you, like the so. pints and quarts. I do like the pints and quarts. But I'm definitely not going with the pea coat and the if wig. You read, if you read something else or heard something different, comment. Let's start a debate. And yeah, and if you see. know about that one that I was talking about that I can't remember, send us that as well. Yeah. So. Okay, so chairman. The origination of the word. The chairman of chairman. the board? Yeah, chairman or chairman of the board. Okay. So in the late 1700s, many houses consisted of a large room with only one chair. Commonly, a long board folded down from the wall, so it was hinged and it fold down on the wall, uh, to be used for dining. And the head of the household always sat in the chair while everyone else sat on the floor or boxes or crates or something like that. So occasionally, a guest would come over and they would be invited to sit in the chair um, during the meal. Okay? So this is where the word chairman originated from. Or, you know, now the head of businesses is the chairman or the chairman of the board. Yeah, because back in the day, they didn't... Here we go again. Back in the day. Well, in the late 1700s, have, back in that day. Yeah. They didn't have a lot of things in their homes. They're lucky They're, to have a home. Yes. They had pretty much big open spaces that they would just use as common rooms so they would eat there they'd sleep there they'd entertain there they just kind of picked things up and put them in you know the corners and things like that you know occasionally they might have a loft that they could sleep in so they could leave their beds bedding out but i mean it made sense that they would have not a lot of furniture that they'd no. have to be pushing well, things around they were only inside to you know unless it was winter Okay, but they were only inside the house to eat dinner and sleep. Mm-hmm. They didn't hang out now like we are now with the air conditioning on, or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They were outside working, working the fields, or working the farm, or right, or something like that from dawn till dusk. So they yes. really didn't need that much inside right, the house. Right, because then once dusk came, they and had a lot dinner of times and went to back bed. then too. Like the kitchen and stuff wasn't even in the house; it was a separate building because they were worried about fires, fires and smoke and. And things like that. But there was a fireplace, maybe with a, a kettle if they were going to you know, cook stew or soup or something like that. But, um, yeah, that's how it was. That was life. Mm-hmm. The good old days. Back in the good old days. Yes. Way <laughs> back. Yeah. So did you read this one? Yeah, I actually sent you this one. Well, why don't you tell them about this next one then? Well, you know, it's uh, presidential election times things, you know, and... Uh, right now we kind of are, are working to see if we're, who's going to be president. And one of the candidates is Hillary Clinton. Right. And everybody says, oh, she's going to be the first, first female president. Or if not, you know, Donald Trump, you know, seems to be the forerunner and the other. But, uh, will she really be the first female president? Well, according to the internet. According to the internet and actually history, uh, one of the history, history, one of the history um, channel type things, uh, they actually had a thing where there is not um, going to be the first female president ever anymore because there already was one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, There was a woman named Edith Wilson who in 1919 became actually the first female president. She wasn't sworn in. Unfortunately. But she actually did the job of her uh, husband, Woodrow Wilson, when he took ill. Yes. um, He, you know, had a stroke. He had a stroke, and he was bedridden and incoherent. And you know how when the president is kind of, you know, incapacitated, somebody takes over. Well, as it turned out, President Marshall 
president. Vice President Marshall. He declared him incapacitated, but he... Well, he made a movement to have Congress declare him incapacitated, so that would make him the president. But unfortunately, that she, didn't happen. Yes, she didn't quite agree to that. No. Yeah. She put her foot down. She did, and uh, she shut her husband up in a bedroom and proceeded to take over acting as president. That she did for four months. Yeah. Um, I don't know how she got away with that, <laughs> but she... Well, this was 1919, okay, so still, the country was still a little bit young. Still, uh, she, she <coughs> pulled up the president, locked him away for four months, and took over his job and didn't allow... For a lot of people say that she was kind government. of like uh, domineering, anyways, and made a lot of decisions and stuff for the president. Uh, yeah, but I don't was. know. I don't know. Uh, she was never officially sworn in, so she did not get listed in our list of pre- official presidents. No. Uh, but she was essentially doing all the presidential duties for four months. So I find that quite interesting. And I just don't understand how Congress and everything just let that happen. I mean, if something were to happen to one of our presidents in the current state, there is no way that the first lady or first husband in the future, potentially, uh, that that would be permitted. I'm sorry. We have a a list of who's going to be in charge. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see how it happened, but it apparently did. So um, it depends on how you really define president, whether she was president or not. However, yeah, no, she did all the presidential duties and the daily duties. I don't yes. think she signed any laws into yeah, effect no. or anything like that. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Very strong woman, though. You got to give her credit. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe a little treasony too. I I don't know. I mean, she wasn't following our guidelines. I mean, I th- well, I think what she said was, "No, my husband's okay. He suffered a, a stroke, but he's going to get better. You're not kicking him out of office. I'm going to get him better. That kind of thing." And by the way, you know, here's what's going to happen. Da 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 da. And I think everything just happened so quick that everyone was like, "Whoa, okay, whatever," <laughs> you know, but. I still say in today's day and age, that would not be oh, happening. Absolutely not. No. They would. And I bet you most of the Americans didn't even know that back then, that that's what was going on. You know? That's true. Yeah, that's true. They might not have been quite aware. They didn't have Facebook in 1919 that I'm aware of. No, yeah. no. I don't think Zuckerberg was uh, quite <laughs> born yet. <laughs> So they didn't yeah. have that or post Twitter. with the picture. You know, they didn't have Instagram with the picture of him laying there in the bed, incapacitated. Oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry. You're sick. Yeah. Hey, how many hospital well, shots did, and things like that do you see today? Maybe if they did, this lady's like nuts enough. She would probably would have like you know tied strings and stuff to him, like a puppet. <laughs> puppet. <laughs> Wave, honey. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Yeah, I don't know. Sick. All right, so. Hillary Clinton could become the very first official president, but not necessarily the first female who did presidential duties. Okay. All right. Well, it's that time. We're about halfway through the show, folks. So we're going to take a short little break, and uh, we'll be back here in a... In a flash. In a flash. In a flash. We just got a couple of things for you. So hold on. We'll be right back. Tired of the same old boring Memorial Day picnics? Then why not spice things up this year and come to the Mahoning Valley Paranormal Connection? PanicD.com presents the Mahoning Valley Paranormal Connection May 28th at the Austin Town Senior Center in Austin Town, Ohio. This year's Mahoning Valley Paranormal Connection features paranormal groups, vendors, and lectures. Guest speakers include Eric Altman from Beyond the Edge Radio speaking about the Mothman Phenomenon. Jamie and Jenny King from Feet discussing Bigfoot in Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. 
Sarah Mushwick will be sharing the history and haunted encounters from the J.C. Thompson Building in East Liverpool, Ohio. Mike Mazenko of Divine Paranormal will be talking on crossings, blessings, and cleansings. R.I.P. Paranormal will be speaking about the Hotel Conneaut, and Rochelle and Jim from Haunted Hillview Manor will be on hand as well. Dark Shadow Ghost Tours will be broadcasting their YouTube show live during the conference, and be sure to visit the various paranormal groups and vendor tables. There'll be food and drink available for sale. Everyone attending will receive a free photo from doithere.net photography. And don't forget to enter for your chance to win great prizes like a Blu-ray player, an Android tablet, various gift certificates, passes for ghost hunts, and much more. So get your early bird tickets online now until May 21st for only $6.25, and after May 21st, you can purchase tickets at the door for just $8. Mark your calendar now and make plans to join us Saturday, May 28th from 10 to 6 at the Austintown Senior Center in Austintown, Ohio. For more information and to get your early bird tickets before May 21st, go to mvparacon.com. That's mvparacon.com, and we'll see you at the Mahoning Valley Paranormal Connection. Close your doors and turn off all the lights. As twice a month, BTE Radio brings you a new episode of The Haunted Spotlight. Sean and Marianne Donnelly of Dark Shadow Ghost Tours dig deep into the archives of the Panic D database and take you inside a different location with each new episode. Learn the rich history and hear the paranormal claims of some of the most infamous and unsuspecting locations from around the country. Ever wonder what roams the property? or lurks behind those closed doors? Curious about the true history of that creepy house that sits down the street? Want to know what evidence a paranormal investigation group may have captured? Then find out every other Sunday and tune in to BTE Radio for another chilling episode of The Haunted Spotlight, if you dare. Okay, guys, we are back, and we're going over some historical tidbits. Yes. Uh, we had to pay some bills there and play some commercials. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the Haunted Spotlight commercial. It's my fave. Is it? That was pretty good, too. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's Eric Altman. He's the producer of Beyond the Edge Radio. He actually, that's he's on both of those. But, uh, he is. Yeah, he made those up for us. Kind of cool. Um all right, so uh, you ready to keep going here? Or let's, are you let's all right with the that. first lady and the P's and Q's, and you're all calmed down now? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so these oh. next ones, they're a bunch. I just have a bunch of just quick ones. Okay? Quick ones. Yeah, quick ones. And uh, I'm going to ask you some questions and see if you kind of know the answer to these. Okay. Okay, these aren't out there on our our blog yet. If I put them out there, I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous. Should I? Nervous? Should I be nervous? Like, should have studied. I should have studied my history, huh? Should have studied. Uh-oh. All right, so here we go. You ready? Okay. That's the first one. Okay. All right. What state has the highest percentage of people who walk to work? Walking to work. Well, if I if I thought with no cars, I would have immediately thought New York because they, you know. They kind of go on the subways and they go on the trains and things like that. They commute a lot that way. They don't really have cars, but I, I don't know that a lot of them would walk. Um, then I was thinking maybe uh, like somewhere in New Mexico or something like that. Not California because they're just too far. Yeah, everything's far. everything's just like whoo out there yeah. everywhere. Um, and they're, they're just so speedy. They'd get run over on their way to work. Um, 
I don't know. Where at? Give up? I Alaska. do. Alaska. Alaska? Well, if you think about it. Yeah, if you think, yeah. If you think about yeah. it, you have all these little communities that are together, and, and they just walk to work. Well, and if they're not in those little tiny communities, then they're out working their own farms out in the middle of nowhere. Right, so I guess they walk out, out the front door. And the farm. <laughs> so right. I guess if you think about so that's it, the highest, that would be that's right. That's the state with the okay. highest percentage of people who walk to work. Interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. You ready? Yeah, Here's yeah. the next one. There is a, a percentage of Americans who actually believe we never landed on the moon. Oh, I and know. Those people conspiracy. drive me nuts. They think it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Not the fact that, okay, we went from landing on the moon to the shuttle program, mm-hmm. okay, and built this International Space Station, which, you know, people talk to on a regular basis and right. can see flying over. Right. You know, saw the space shuttles going off and taking stuff to this, you know, had to lead to that, but we didn't land on the moon. Okay. A lot of them think that. What percentage do you think of Americans? This was shocking to me. What percentage of Americans think we did not land on the moon and it was staged? I'd say 25%. Would you? Mm Mm-hmm. You're close. Close? 27%. 27% of Americans believe that the landing on the moon was a hoax. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any information that can prove that it wasn't a hoax? Miss scientist. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of, most people's like idea that it was a hoax is simply because when they see the pictures and all that, you know, the flag doesn't doesn't flutter in the wind, you know, in wouldn't. the solar winds. Well, they could have did that in a sound stage. Keep going. <laughs> Um, and, and that some of the things had shadows and some of them didn't seem to have shadows, but the ones that did have shadows, they seem to all be going in the, in the correct direction, stuff like that. But they do, I mean, they have these wonderful mocks, mock-ups in the museums. And so people think, oh, they just filmed it there. You know, back in 69, they weren't quite so good with the green screen as we are today, yeah. you know? Um, but those, I mean. Again, could have been done in the yeah, studio. Yeah, but there, there's just. There's just so prove many to things. Me why, we, we have prove moon. to me. We have moon rock. I'm one of the 27. percent Let's say oh, hypothetically, goodness. prove to me how we landed on the moon. How we did it? Yeah, you're saying we landed on the moon. Prove I'm it to me. I'm saying we landed on the moon. What proves that we did? My uncle actually worked on bringing home Apollo 13, which never landed which on land, the moon. They didn't land on the moon, but he was part of the program. He was in there. He saw. He was part of the whole program, the whole Apollo program. Did you speak to him? Did he tell you? To uh, your face. Marianne. He, they absolutely 100% landed on the moon. He died before me. but Okay, so strike that off the list. What else you oh got? Oh, my goodness. You're you're a toughie. You're part of that. Are you part of that 27%? No, I'm saying oh hypothetically I'm part of that 27% proved to me how they landed on the moon. Well, we, we can actually go and see. We've taken pictures now um, of some of the landing sites. Thank you. Wow. What? That's what I was looking for. There are pictures of the landing sites that show the flag. The debris and and things like that. The things that was left up there. The debris. The flags that are not standing. I thought you were going to say, well, we have moon rocks. Well, Well, we do have moon rocks. Yeah, but that could have come out of wherever. They were saying it from the moon. I was going to sit here and drag this out and really argue with you. But you're right. The photographs. There are photographs that... From yeah, yeah. The flags aren't standing in those photographs. Obviously, they got knocked over with you know the propulsion of the um, yeah, but the the rover is still up there, yeah. the landing pads and things like that. So yeah. All right. Well, I thought that would be funner, but <laughs> all right. So the next one. All right. Do you know the names of the official colors in the current United States American flag? I'll give you white. Okay, well, they're red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, besides red, white, and blue, <laughs> yeah? 
yeah, it's not just red. It's not just blue. There's actually a name for the red, and it. I mean, it's a certain okay, color so red and I'm a certain color go, blue. I I'm always said go, dark blue and like a darker crimson red, but no. Okay, I'm there going are with actually blood, names to those colors. I'm going with blood red because <coughs> the red stripes are supposed to represent the blood of the uh, soldiers who died, for, you know, for our country. Uh, and for the blue, I'll go with freedom blue. Yeah, well, you're wrong. I'm wrong? No, it's old glory red and old glory blue. That's the official they name of actually, those colors. The, uh, okay. <laughs> Could we get more, like, hey, plain? It's on the internet. Okay. I, you know, it, that, that's kind of, I, I guarantee you that, I, I don't, I can't guarantee you this, but I can pretty much say in my head, I believe that a man chose those names. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because if you think about it, women, they have all these different color names. You know, they have 50 different color reds and 100, you know what I mean? Plus, do you know why that is true? What's that? You know, guys are always saying, you know, oh, it's red, it's blue. And when women see it, they're like, oh, it's this particular color and this particular color. And, oh, it's crimson red. It's blood red. It's, you know, Hawaiian red, whatever. Why are women more descriptive with the adjectives of colors? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, I don't know why. Tell me. There's is this actually, a biological thing it that is. I'm supposed to know? It, I'm married to you, but I don't have all that intelligence. Sorry. It is. It is. Uh, it turns out, they just did some research. I just um, read an article about it last week. Um, they did find that women, the, in their eyes, their numbers of rods and cones are different than men's, and it allows them to see much greater variation in shades. So we see all these different colors as completely different, and you guys just go. So if I say red, that's blue, blue, you'd be like, no, no, that's, that's a, sky blue. That's sky and that's, blue. That's you know royal blue, and that's powder blue, and that one is uh, what's that one? That they use with the with the checks all the time, the blue and white checks. I don't know, but anyway, uh, that's that's kind of why so we think, actually have biological difference. So do you think females that. come up with all those color things? For those paint? color palettes and stuff. Yeah, I I think that we're pretty That'd be interesting. influential in that. I, I that would down. say. We'll look that up. Yeah, we got to look that up. But I, I also want to look up and see who came up with those. Uh, what did you call those? Old glory red and old glory blue. I would be. I would be like willing to. I wonder if there's a crayola crayon. Bet you. Old glory red, <laughs> old glory blue. I can tell you not in the 24 pack because I oh, just did geez. all the 24 pack for a lab I was doing with my kids a couple weeks back. You see, folks, this is why we're doing this podcast. We have all this useless information, <laughs> and if we don't sit here and put it out to you, we have to. We talk have to like sit here and talk ourselves. to each other. <laughs> See what what our nights are like. <laughs> wow! But I would I I want to find out who actually named those. If it was a man or if it was a woman, because I'm going to put my bet on a man. Because they because a woman wouldn't give them the same colors. <clears throat> okay, write it down. Moving on. <laughs> All right. So, what else you got? What city? City, not state. What city in the United States makes the most breakfast cereal? Worldwide. Um, uh, um, all I can think of is the state. So uh, give me a minute. Okay, so it's in Michigan. I've been there several times. The Kellogg's factory is there. Um, Kellogg's, by the way, names their, their little factory area Cereal City. But that's not the But city. that's not the name of the city. Battle Creek. That's right. And you've been there several times. I have been there several several times. I remember the first time I went there, I was a little kid, and you got to go through the actual um, cereal plant. Now they just take you on a little miniature version. But when I was little girl, we used to, we were able to go through the actual plant, and when you got done with it, they would give you one of the big family-sized boxes of cornflakes per person. Full size. Full size. The the family size, full size. The big big boxes. Mm-hmm. We had five people in our family. My my mom, my dad, my sister, me, 
And my little it baby brother, he was like, I don't know, two or three or something like that. We went home with five of those giant boxes of cornflakes. And how many kids do you know that like plain cornflakes, oh, right? They, 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 no. want the they want the great frosted, frosted ones, right? So we had frosted flakes for like ever. I remember just... Frosted flakes, frosted, yeah, frosted or not frosted. We wanted the frosted ones. All we had were the corn flakes yeah. for like forever. I remember corn flakes as a kid. They were nasty, man. Yeah, now like grow, now that I'm grown up, I don't oh, mind yeah. them at all. But when I was a kid, when we went to the Kellogg's factory. We got these giant boxes of them. It was terrible. My grandfather would eat a bowl of corn flakes every night Dear when he got home from work before. Dear. A bowl of corn flakes every day. What was that? I have no idea. Someone was talking to us. Yeah. Huh. But uh every night when he got home from work he would have a bowl of cornflakes before he went to bed. So one night I'm like, you know, grandpa, can I have a Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, but I remember also when we went to, to Serial City when I was a little kid, um we got to, before we went on the tour, we were in this little like uh, room. It was kind of like a boardroom type thing, and they had all these things for us. And we were little kids, so they were just giving us all kind of stuff. And I remember they had these like uh, cardboard records that were like plastic on the top, but they were cardboard on the bottom, and they had Toucan Sam on them. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. It was so cute. I don't remember what played on it, but I remember the record. It was very cool. Anybody out there have one of those? I would love to have. Yeah, if you've been to Serial City, leave us a comment. Yeah, back in back in the day. Yeah, way back in the day. I <laughs> I'm using that term tonight. That's my that's my term we for the have, evening. We should have named the podcast back, back in, in the, the day. day. <laughs> Where's that? We're getting like somebody's talking to us. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of creepy. Anyways. We're the only ones here. Yeah, we don't have a uh, an audience tonight. So all right, so let's go to the next one. All right, on the Statue of Liberty, there are seven rays that come out of her crown okay okay they are nine feet in length and each one weighs 150 pounds what do those seven rays represent seven deadly sins no no it's not seven deadly sins okay not the seven seven wonders of the world no it's not the seven wonders of the world I don't know. What else is in sevens? They represent the seven continents. Oh, okay. All There's right. a lot of sevens. Okay, all right. That's a whole other podcast, numbers. Numbers, yeah. okay. Okay, but uh, yeah, that's what that So means. the seven continents... That's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you know that the that there's another Statue of Liberty? Yes, there are two. There yes, is where's the Paris. other one? Okay. Well, I saw that movie. <laughs> National Treasure too. Is that how you learned that? Yeah, pretty much. I didn't know there was a second one, but okay. Okay. So that movie, I love that movie. I love that movie There's too. A lot of history in that movie. I I wish they'd come out with a it's third supposed one. To come out with the third one. They but. keep teasing us about that. I really want the third one. I love yeah. that movie. Okay, so here's the next one. All right. What animal outnumbers people by three times? In Montana. In Montana, this animal outnumbers dear, the num- Dear fellows. Elk? Dear. Is somebody answering us? <laughs> I think it... Is it elk? That's really weird. The computer's actually talking to us. Yeah. That's... Dear fellows. Dear. dear fellows. I don't know. Deer, elk, what do you got? No. No? Buffalo. No. Um, I don't know. Cows. Cows? There's three times as many cows in Montana than there are people. That's just... Why is our computer saying deer fellows? I have no idea. It's not connected to anything. <laughs> All right, where's the K2 meter? I'm freaking out about this. Oh. All right, anyways. <laughs> All right, did you know that the original, this isn't just a question. I'm just going to give you as a statement. 
<clears throat> there were several copies of the um, Declaration of Independence before they wrote the final one, which was actually written. Yeah, on several parts, drafts. Several drafts. They were going yeah. back and forth. Scratch this, add this, that kind of thing. Okay, mm-hmm. but those scratch scratch paper ones, paper ones. Uh-huh. The paper that the they were written on was hemp paper. Hemp. Hemp. Cannabis. Hmm. Interesting. Know what hemp paper was? I I actually have I I have a um a, a tablecloth that I got from a uh, museum in Russia while I was there, and it's made of hemp as well. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like cotton, so but it's then real a, soft paper. It'd be kind of hard to write on with like the ink and the pen. Well, if you think about it, I mean, we have some nice fibrous paper that we use today. True. Okay, so let's move on to the next one here. All right. The American $1 bill contains several hidden images. Okay, yes, yes. What insect is hidden on a $1 bill? If that computer says deer fellows. <laughs> oh. Um. I should know this one. I want to say an ant, but it's not an ant. But I should know this one because we look at money under the microscope in my class. Of course you do. My kids get to look at it and kind of look around and see what they can find. What do you got there? It's a spider. Oh, yes, the spider. It's in the, the right-hand spider. corner, right upper-hand corner. No, it's a, spider. an in- a spider's not technically an insect, but that's okay. It's all right. But did you know about the $5 bill? Oh, God. No, tell me about the $5 bill. You know, on the front of the $5 bill, you have on the along the two edges. Not really. I'm married. Right. I don't see much money. Oh, the, <laughs> along the five edges, there's those loops. Okay. And the design on yeah, the edging. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Dear inside Dear of those Dear loops, inside of every single one of those little loops, is the word $5. The words $5. Really? Inside every single loop. It's very cool. Very cool. And if you look at the Lincoln Memorial, the Lincoln Memorial has um, all the names of the states listed on the top of the Lincoln Memorial, just like in the real world, but on the actual bill. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So you can actually look at it, and they're they're in the the top of the Lincoln Memorial, just just like on the real building. That's quite interesting. Yeah. All right, so uh, here's another one that I'm just going to tell you. Okay, I'm not going to ask you a question. Okay. So Thomas Jefferson and um, John Adams, they had like a love-hate relationship. You know, they actually traveled together and did things together, but they also were very competitive against each other. Mm -hmm. Both gentlemen died on the exact same day, July 4th, 1826, which was 50 years to the day after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Okay? Kind of creepy. Yes. Very, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, John Adams said on his deathbed, he knew he was on his way out. He says, well, I guess good old Tom is going to win because I'm on my way out. He didn't know that Thomas Jefferson had died three to four hours before that. He didn't know he was already dead. And then John Adams. He Interesting. Won. He won at the end, but he didn't know it. Interesting. Kind of cool, wasn't it? Yeah, I had a feeling that like Adams lived longer, but I didn't know why. But maybe I'd heard that somewhere in the past. I don't know. But that's quite quite interesting, I have to say. That yeah. they, especially that they both died 50 years to the date 50 the years signing. to the day yeah not the day before not the day after yes. and i think thomas jefferson if memory serves correctly i'd have to look this up <clears throat> i think he was trying to stay alive for the 50th because i think he was going to go to a, a celebration or something of that but he just was not healthy enough to travel 
but he, you know, the last three or four days or whatever, he was just trying to stay alive to hit the 50th. So, Mm. but, yeah. Okay, so here's another one for you. And we actually saw the Liberty Bell not too long ago. We did. That was last year. Did you go when you were in school? No. Liberty Bell? No. That was the first time you ever saw it? That was the first time I ever saw it. Mm Mm-hmm. I saw it when I was in seventh grade, so that was like 217 years ago or something like that. <laughs> but we went and saw the Liberty Bell, which, by the way, if you've never seen the Liberty Bell, be prepared to wait in a very long line to get in there. Mm-hmm. If you go in the summer like we did, it's very hot in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hot everywhere when we go in July. But, <laughs> um we never even made it over the inside Independence Hall because it was... It was blocked off for um, the holiday. Yeah. We were actually there, what was that, on the 4th of July, 2nd or 3rd July. It yeah. was... So, but we waited for everyone in line to go in and see just the Liberty Bell, mm-hmm. which was crazy. But security, there's security everywhere to go to these national... National monuments, monuments and things. So, yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about the Liberty Bell. Do you know for whose birthday the bell was rang for the last time? And this was, I'm not going to give you the date because I would give it away. But whose birthday did they ring the Liberty Bell for? And that was the last time. And then a few hours after that, it had its fatal crack and it never rang again. Hmm. And we saw the Liberty Bell. That's the cool part. We were there. We have pictures taken we do. in front of the Liberty we Bell. We do. I'm trying to think of when the Liberty Bell was cracked. <laughs> Wasn't it the first time it was rung, too? No. No? Actually, the Liberty Bell was actually taken out of Philadelphia. It was, yes. To so try to protect American it and work. save it, yeah. You know why they did that? Why uh, so that it wouldn't most? be melted down and turned <coughs> into what cannonballs or something like that. Yeah, if, if uh, England came over and took over the city, they would take all the church bells and, and city bells and melt them down, make cannons out of them. Yeah, so they did. They <coughs> hid them. Um, this one was hidden in a church. Yeah, but that in a, didn't give in a it, secret room in the that basement. That didn't give it the crack no. though. This is actually no. cracked during the rain. All right, Who's go for birthday? it. Who, George birthday Washington's it? birthday. 1846. Huh. That okay. is very, you know, that yeah. is very cool. You yeah. could go see that Liberty Bell. The last time it rang, the it day, 1846, the day, though, too. it was a few hours later. So it was on George Washington's birthday when it got the crack. Okay. But I, I find that extremely cool to know that. I don't know. I guess I'm a history geek, but yeah, that's kind of cool. You are, Did but you it's still yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm trying to keep this PG so kids can listen to it, but you know, you're about ready to get the B word. Aww. All right. This is another little tidbit. I'm not going to ask a question. But did you know that 35 million Americans today Share DNA with at least one of the original <coughs> 102 pilgrims that arrived aboard the Mayflower in 1620. I did not know that. I'm I'm thinking it through. I'm trying to let that kind of melt now, in there. You said earlier. I don't think. I don't think that. Go ahead. Well, you said earlier something about. Because some of these I read to you, but I didn't give you the ones with the questions. But you said earlier, not my family, because part of it's from Italy and part of it's from... Okay, but what about, like, would you still have DNA, like, if, like, an uncle came in and got mixed in that, and an uncle descended back wasn't actually Italian, Slovak? See what I'm getting at in your tree? Is it possible? For me, I don't. I don't think so. For me, because your uncle doesn't actually give you your DNA. So unless aunt, it's like uncle, whatever, you know, whatever. But great aunt, great I mean, uncle. I within the family lines, I mean, it's all through marriage and things like that. It, it's always possible to be in the family. But I don't see my family as being such. My family didn't come here 
to the United States until well after that. Um, we're, we're relatively new. My, my relatives didn't come here until after the 1900s. And uh, so, I mean, I, I don't think so. But also the fact that... Um, that uh, I, I just... My my relatives aren't from where the pilgrims came from. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and because, I, I mean, I came from Italy and, and Czechoslovakia. That's like my two sides of my family, their lineage. Well, there's 35 other Americans. 35 million, you 35, said, right? Yeah, 35 million other Americans that yeah. have DNA that, that go back to the Mayflower. Yeah. You might, because you might I don't have... know anything about my... Heritage. Well, you I know there's Native some, American. Yeah, that's where I'm thinking you have. I know that there's there's uh, Irish, of course. Our name, you know, Donnelly. Yeah. It originally was O'Donnelly at some point. Yeah. According to rumor, but um, you know, pretty much makes sense. Well, the reason I say that you might is because of the Indian part, because um, you know, there was some hanky panky occasionally well, and true. so that's yeah. a possibility that you know that and the was... tribe that my family was from is not like a a war tribe they were you know they were around southern ohio and and these were uh you know it was more native americans that were part of the white man society type thing mm-hmm. but i had a uh great 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 grandmother that was actually a princess an Indian princess on my grandmother Donnelly's side that is documented so I don't know it's so I married royalty Native American (laughs) I married some royalty (laughs) what royalty is that white man come over here and take our land so (laughs) not much not much royalty there although I would like to just walk into the casino and say you know this is my black (laughs) activity Uh, All right, so let's uh, go on to the next one. And and this might wrap up the show here. We're getting close. Um, (laughs) This one's kind of funny. Ohio was the 17th state. Was. Okay, was supposed to be the 17th state. Yeah. But uh, technically, it's actually the 47th state. (laughs) You want to tell them why? Well, you see... Some people forgot to do some very important things. <laughs> yeah. So in 1803, <laughs> it was supposed to become the 17th state. Right. And it didn't come to f- become the 47th state until 1953, which was 150 years later. They still did let it stay uh, listed as the 17th state. Um, but technically, if they were really going to go through the documents correctly... Uh, they forgot to sign the document that said, yes, they're a state. And they didn't realize it until they pulled it out for a celebration. Uh, 150 years <laughs> later. And they're oops. like, oops, did you know that they didn't sign this? We better get this <coughs> signed. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I found that very interesting. I actually learned that when I was in high school. My my Wow, really? I did. My That's pretty My cool. civics teacher in high I didn't, school. And we actually had a class called Ohio History. That's a first I've heard. I had Ohio History in in seventh grade, I think it was, but I no. I my my ninth grade civics class with should I say my teacher's name? Go ahead. She, she's not listening. It's a he. he. Uh, it was Mr. Trainer. And he told us that, and I just remember when he told us that, I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding. Like, that just like, oh, that's unbelievable. And uh, that's where I learned that. But way back, way back in the, in the ninth grade, and I still remember when he told me that. When he told our class that, I just remember sitting in my chair going, no way. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have a lot more tidbits, a little tiny little pieces i think i have 150 of them just on presidents but we're at the end of the show we're gonna keep these to an hour so probably gonna have to do tidbits later on maybe a couple presidential tidbits darn uh, if you folks like our show (laughs) uh please subscribe to our podcast 
You can also drop over to our uh, blog, which is untoldhistoryrevealed.blogspot.com. You can send us a message. We're also on Facebook. We're on Twitter. I think it's for, is it? Oh, we're on Google Plus um, and Tumblr. So you can follow along on some of the stuff we're putting out. Send us a message. Uh, tell us if we're wrong, if you heard something different, uh, whatever. And uh, I guess we'll be back again in a week. All right. you have anything you'd like to add? Co-host? No. Just make sure you always read everything and sign it. <laughs> yeah, very important, especially if it's a state declaration. <laughs> yeah. But... All right, folks, well, uh, you guys have a good evening, and we will talk to you next time. All right, thanks, guys. Listening to Untold History.